Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Anti-Cancer. On September 12, 2018, the International Agency for Research on Cancer IARC in Geneva released a report on the forecast for the global burden of cancer. The data showed that in the year of 2018, cancer cases were expected to increase by 18.1 million, and deaths from cancer would increase by 9.6 million. One-fifth of men and one-sixth of women worldwide would develop cancer in their lifetime, and one-eighth of men and one-tenth of women would die from the disease. Worldwide, the total population surviving five years after being diagnosed with cancer was projected to be approximately 43.8 million. Maybe you stick to your daily meal schedule, love sports, and constantly care for your health. If you rarely even catch a cold, you probably think that cancer has nothing to do with you. But is that true? In this book, the author kindly explains to us, cancer lies dormant in all of us. Genetically deficient cells are prone to cancerization, and normal cells may face cancerization after absorbing carcinogenic chemicals or under the radiation of radioactive particles. Cancer prevention is a subject that everyone should pay attention to. The author David Servan Schreiber was a French-born physician and neuroscientist, who held the post of clinical professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. He was also a co-founder of the United States branch of Doctors Without Borders, and went to Iraq in 1991 as a volunteer doctor. One day, a test subject for a study didn't show up to the lab as agreed, and Dr. Schreiber at the age of 31 was asked if he would serve as a temporary volunteer for a scan. He agreed. In the first scan, his colleague noticed something wrong. To be cautious, they repeated the scan. Eventually, Dr. Schreiber and his colleague reached a consensus that there was some sort of ball the size of a walnut in his prefrontal cortex. Later, it was confirmed to be a brain tumor. From that moment, he began his long and arduous anti-cancer journey. In this book, Professor Schreiber has faithfully recorded his lifestyle and psychological changes during his 18-year anti-cancer journey, which he experienced both as a doctor and a cancer patient. He emotionally comforted cancer patients in a warm and sincere manner, inspired them to fight against their uncertain fate with courage, and enhanced their determination to cooperate with the treatment. The pain of radiotherapy and chemotherapy is often beyond one's imagination. This book is a good reference for how to deal with the patients around you. Moreover, this book is supported by detailed and accurate research data, so you can refer to it as an accurate science book. Healthy people can learn to appreciate the value and significance of life from this book as well. Next, we will review the key points of this book in three sections. As a listener, you can join Dr. Schreiber on his 18-year anti-cancer journey and benefit from his experience and insights. Part 1, The Pathogenesis of Cancer. Part 2, Common Carcinogenic Factors. Part 3, Methods to Defend Yourself Against Cancer. Okay, let's talk about the first question, what is the pathogenesis of cancer? By drawing from the example of his own experience, Dr. Schreiber believes that one should never underestimate the chances of getting cancer, 
even if they are currently in good health. For this reason, everybody needs to understand how cancer occurs. Actually, the onset of cancer just like a cold is mainly caused by the weakened defense capability of the immune system, so that the body is vulnerable to the attack of cancer cells. To vividly illustrate the pathogenesis of cancer, Dr. Schreiber makes an analogy that cancer cells are like bandits roving outside of the law. They are rampaging inside the body without restraint and grow rapidly. But we are not totally defenseless. Our body has a system to defend against the invasion. In most cases, cancer cells are stopped by the body's defensive system and never fully develop into actual cancer. In fact, this invisible defensive system is what we usually call the body's immune system. We have powerful immune cells in our bodies that work in harmony like sentries, protecting us from the disease. You may wonder how powerful the immune system really is in preventing the invasion of cancer cells. Here, Dr. Schreiber describes an experiment which was conducted by Dr. Jung Suai of Wake Forest University in North Carolina. Dr. Suai injected S180 cells, the most toxic cancer cells into a rat. After injection, the rat would generally produce an excessive level of ascites and die within one month. Until one day, rat number six in the experiment maintained a smooth abdominal cavity after being injected with 200,000 S180 cells. The researchers continuously increased the dosage to 200 million S180 cells, but the rat continued to survive for eight months. The anti-cancer course of this rat demonstrated that the immune system could play a remarkable role in resisting the effects of cancer when fully mobilized. The scientists extracted S180 cell samples from the rat's abdomen and put them under a microscope. The true battleground of the cancer cells was consequently discovered. Generally speaking, common cancer cells are round, hairy, and aggressive. In contrast, the samples from the rat were smooth, dented, and full of holes. They appeared to have been attacked fiercely and were wounded. The white blood cells in the immune system were the ones responsible for this fierce battle. An important discovery was revealed by rat number 6 in Dr. Jung Suai's study. The surviving rat could remain healthy even with a great number of cancer cells in its body. This was because the cancer cells were subdued into a dormant status by the immune cells. Once the resistance of the immune system became weak, the cancer cells could break free and start to multiply. The lack of a strong defense capability may activate dormant cancer cells and allow them to become aggressive tumors. If cancer cells are able to break thorough at a weak point when the body's immune system is weak, does this mean that cancer will undoubtedly occur in those with weak immunity? The answer is no. This is because cancer cells can always maintain their powerful assault on the body. They grow rapidly with an accelerant when occasionally encountering an inflammatory reaction in the tissues, which makes it possible to form cancer tissues in the body. So, in Dr. Schreiber's view, inflammation leads to two different results. He explains that when our bodies are injured, blood platelets detected and gather around the wound, releasing platelet-derived growth factors. At this moment, the body's immune system will send out an alarm and then send reinforcements for assistance. Through cooperation, they stimulate the injured tissues to grow small blood vessels locally to transport the oxygen and nutrients needed for reconstruction. This whole process of tissue reconstruction is known as inflammation. 
Inflammation forms new tissues, heals wounds, and maintains the integrity of the body. Under normal circumstances, once the tissue is repaired, the inflammatory response will automatically stop. This is necessary to avoid the overgrowth of normal tissues in the body. However, cancer cells use the process of inflammation to spread and reproduce wildly. To further corroborate this scientific fact, Dr. Schreiber tells a story from the history of medicine. In 1863, the German physician Dr. Rudolf Firko, the founder of modern pathology observed a few patients who appeared to have cancer. It was found that the cancerization location was exactly where the body had been previously injured. Under the microscope, he found some white blood cells at the cancerization location. These white blood cells were the exact source of a great number of inflammatory substances that are generated in the body. About 130 years later, Dr. Harold Dvorak, a pathology professor at Harvard Medical School proved the striking similarity between the abiogenetic inflammation mechanism and the cancerization mechanism. Dvorak also noticed that over one-sixth of cancers were directly related to a chronic inflammatory state. For example, cervical cancer is often associated with chronic papillomavirus infection, and colon cancer is often discovered in patients with chronic enteritis. Cancer cells can grow rapidly into real cancer tissues by virtue of an inflammatory reaction. They can also use the excessive inflammatory chemicals in the tissues to hinder their natural apoptosis. Moreover, they can cause an additional form of damage by disarming the immune cells in the vicinity. To put it simply, the excessive inflammatory substances force the white blood cells into a state of disorder, which leads to uncontrolled and unrestrained tumor growth. In the modern field of cancer research, researchers have confirmed that cancer can trigger the pathogenesis of inflammation. The more successful the cancer is at causing a local inflammation, the more aggressive the tumor will be, and the wider the diffusion range will be. Eventually, it will reach the lymph nodes, leading to the metastasis of cancer. This is known as the inflammatory reaction, which is the second pathogenesis of cancer that is introduced to us by Dr. Schreiber. Next, let's discover the third pathogenesis of cancer, the heteroblastic blood vessels that provide nutrients to the cancerous tissues. To explain how this process works, Dr. Schreiber talks about the Second World War. The Battle of Stalingrad was a turning point for both the Eastern Front, as well as the whole Second World War. Zhukov knew that the Soviet army had no chance of defeating the well-equipped and well-trained German army on the center stage of the battlefield. So after careful consideration, Zhukov changed his strategy. They would bypass the rear area of the Germany defense line and attack Romania and Italy, the supply zones of the German army directly. The Romanian and Italian troops showed loose military discipline and weak fighting capacity. Zhukov turned the tables on them, which ultimately led to the war's victory. Dr. Schreiber says, if the anti-cancer process can be compared to a war between the body and the cancer cells, maybe we can use a military approach to win this war. There is no doubt that supplies are essential. Human tissues and structures mainly rely on a supply system. But if a tumor grows in the body, it will absorb a great deal of energy from the energy supply system. If you ever have the chance to see a tumor excised from any part of the human body during a surgery, you will be amazed at the abundant blood vessels that intertwine it.
This powerful attacker rampages throughout the body and feeds on the nutrients supplied by the blood vessels. Without the blood vessels continuously providing the nutrients necessary for life, the tumor doesn't have a chance to keep growing. Dr. Schreiber continues along this train of thought. He introduces the experiment of surgeon Dr. Michael O'Reilly, in which toxic cancer was implanted into the back of 20 rats. As a highly aggressive cancer, it was expected to rapidly metastasize in the lungs. Dr. O'Reilly injected 10 of the rats with angiostatin. After a period of time, Dr. O'Reilly fully opened up the chest cavity of a mouse that had not received the injection. The mouse's lungs were black and had been eroded by lung cancer. He then cut open a mouse that had received an angiostatin injection. Its lungs were very healthy and pale red, with no signs of cancer. The other mice that received the injection showed no signs of cancer. This experiment illustrates the positive role of angiostatin in hindering the development of cancer. If we can cut off the supply line, the cancer will die from malnutrition. Alright, that's all for part 1. Dr. Schreiber thinks that to win the anti-cancer war, we have to figure out the pathogenesis of cancer. Cancer cells exist more or less in everyone's body, but they will not necessarily become full-blown cancer. As long as the body has a strong immune system, the cancer cells will continue to stay in dormancy. When an injury causes inflammation in the body, the cancer cells will grow excessively through inflammation that is caused by tissue repair, so as to form large cancer tissues. In addition to inflammatory stimulation, cancer needs abundant nutritional supplies, which it gathers through the extra proliferation of abnormal blood vessels. Only by controlling or cutting off these supplies can we prevent cancerous tissues from growing or metastasizing. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.